Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of sending yourself out and not worrying even a little bit about you know, entropy vacuoles or uh, anar- anarchy counter-thrusting. Wasn't that a device in Buckaroo Banzai? Oh, it was the <laughs> overthruster. Never mind. It was the os- oscillation overthruster. There we go. Yes. Yes, yes, and and these are very uh, much important to us because we are talking about time travel adventures. Well, the Gordian Knot, for example, would would it have been great, you know, to be able to uh, like do a, a an X ray of it or something, you know, uh, and be uh, or an MRI of it, so you could actually see this famous knot and see it, it was because it was supposedly the work of an entire culture, you know, the, the most complex knot that ever made and. And it was supposed to be the proof that whoever could untie it would be the person who would rule the world, be wise enough to rule the world. And, of course, uh, as, as the story goes, Alexander the Great said, I'll unravel your knot, and he chopped it in half with his sword. Yeah. Right. But, you know, that's something that was lost to time. Uh, there's a, uh, a really beautiful clockwork bird in a cage in Russia that, it, that it's there. I mean, it hasn't gone away, but it doesn't work. Because it would take millions of present dollars to get it restored to the point where it would do what it was originally supposed to do. But at one point, it did do it all, all by itself. It, it did it automatically because it was new. And if you could go back to that time, you could record it. Everyone, you know, and everybody in modern day or the future could then see what this thing had been like. Oh, There's okay, another one. And I mean, it's kind of big. You wouldn't be able to take it. But check out. It was in northern Africa. The Moors. There in northern Africa, the the Muslims that live in that area, uh-huh. they made a, and it's a, a stone tower, but it's a water clock. Okay, that ran perfectly. They took mm-hmm. it stone by stone, moved it across the ocean. It's somewhere here in North America. I forget where. Put it back together, and it's still running perfectly today. That would be something to go back and see one of these things. And it, it's like at mm-hmm. least a thousand years old, if not more. This this water clock. I forget where in North Africa exactly. Right. Like Northwest uh, Africa. It's probably Algeria and yeah, that yeah, area. Yeah, somewhere in that sure, area. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, there's a lot of famous philosophers, you know, and we only have partial, you know, pieces of their stuff. As a matter of fact, Socrates, we only know about Socrates because um, his disciple wrote what Socrates supposedly said. What if he didn't? What if, what if he, after Socrates died, he decided to publish all these other things with his own shift to it, you know, what he thought was the better form of logic. And, you know, it, it, might, uh, it might be, again, we're, we're getting into the travel log thing, but let's say some of these really great thinkers in the past, if we were to give them some of our modern puzzles that we haven't been able to figure out, they might actually, because they are so smart and were used to thinking outside of the boxes, because all they had back then were limited resources, they might be able to actually 
you know, come up with a, a, a solution that would totally elude somebody in the modern day. The, uh, in, one of, um, in, in one of my Fringeway adventures, it wasn't a time travel adventure, but they went to this one world that was, it was in their future. And uh, there was a time differential between the two, the two worlds, and they were like 150 years ahead of the timeline where the, the explorers came from. And they lived under, you know, basically on the ocean floor, but they had taken their entire ocean on their entire planet and they shoved it up in the uh, into the atmosphere about five miles, creating this huge vaulted ocean over them. And they lived what would be pitch black, except for the fact is that they had lots of power from geothermal and they just had their little cities lit up on the ocean floor and that's how they lived. The problem was is that they, they were dying out and nobody knew why. They just couldn't conceive they weren't having babies anymore and and they didn't know why uh everything genetically they they, there was no damage you know they they couldn't quite figure out why the body wasn't acting properly anymore and it was the the uh uh the modern you know the, the the explorers went back to earth and they did some research into things like the fertility and stuff and they were able to come across a paper that said that due to the modernization of of cities of, of, of areas that used to be rural, with the fact that they have lights on all the time, day at nighttime it's almost as bright as daytime in the cities. That pe- the young girls were beginning to have disruptions of their menstrual cycles, and and which was causing some people to be concerned about the possibility of infertility as a result. And they were like, yeah, I mean, the human body is supposed to have like a diurnal rhythm to it. And these people just live, you know, they sleep when they want to sleep, when they're tired. They eat whenever they want, they get hungry. They just live their lives completely disparate from each other. There's no sense of, of uh, day and night. They've been living under these artificial lights and such for so long that the time is just a, a number on a, on a, on a, a, a scheduling issue, you know, it, uh, there's no AM and PM. There's just, you know, 13th hour, 15th hour, 24th hour. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if they wanted, they, they could go to 100 hours in a day because they never see the sunrise or fall. So they came back to them and they said, you know, why don't you try this? Every, why don't you try every uh, 16 hours? You sleep for eight hours, and then you get up and you do it again, and just keep doing that, and do that for, I don't know, maybe two months. See what happens. And they're all like, well, that's just crazy. Why would we do that? Well, yeah, yeah, you're, you're talking yeah. crazy talk. Yeah, this, yeah I mean, you're, t- people, you're, you're totally forcing people to, you know, to disrupt their creativity and, and all this stuff by, by following this regimen, you know, for no good reason. They said, well, look, you know, you asked us to help you, and this is this is the best idea we can come up. Just give it a try. And and two months later, bam, everybody gets pregnant. <laughs> crisis of crisis solved. Okay. So, you know, there, it might sometimes coming from the past uh, in a simpler time, you know, uh, or a time when you've gone through major changes, you go into a future where everything is static and you may see things that other people won't see in the future because it's literally they accept their universe, their world as is. It's the same problem that, you know, you look, you're 50, I'm, in, I'm, uh, I'm older, and I have a kid who has never lived in a world without computers, personal computers, who's, who, you know, and 
he, he could have had a cell phone when he was a baby, but we didn't let him have one until he was in middle school. Right. I'm just saying, but for him, it's like he's lived his entire life, you know, surrounded by technology that he absolutely takes for granted. You know, the, he, the, he, he's never, I don't, I don't think he's ever intentionally gone to a library. You know, I, I think, wow. I think occasionally, you know, we've, we've gone there to show him what it is, you know, why they're, you know, this is and, a relic from when I was around, son. I know. Yeah. It's like, like, you know what? It's like, you can browse up and down the aisles and maybe you'll see a book that catches your eye in an area, you know, cause they, 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 they put them up on the shelves by topic, you know, by, by, by type. And you might see something interesting, or there might be two or three records books that all go to the same thing. And he's like, well, can I just look that up on the catalog and, and just have them deliver it to me on the table and pick them up and go home rather than me having to do all that myself? Or, you know, can I just like rent them from some online service? And I and said, you, well, and you're just giving them this look like boy. <laughs> it's, it's like, like, I mean, Knowing myself, I said, "Yeah, man, I really wish I'd had that. I had to use the card catalog when I was <laughs> I was a kid, and that was yeah. not fun at all, you know. And you'd find out that somebody had already taken your book, you know, because of course they give you the they give you the same assignment to thirty kids, and they'd all descend upon the one library. Yeah, <laughs> all the books would be gone, and you're running around trying desperately to find information, and 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 and, and every, now everybody can read the same articles because they're all online. Well, anyways, so the point is, is that there's a whole, he's living in a whole different reality than I am. You know, he, he doesn't understand anything about what my life was like. And and when I think about my grandfather, who, who grew up on a farm, because that's what you grew up on yeah. when it was 1900, okay? And he became an, a... a, a, a a structural engineer and was an executive in some major companies from that farm. So he, you can imagine all the different changes that went in his life. I'm sure his son, who basically grew up, you know, in the suburbs of, of Pittsburgh with his rich dad, you know, uh, during the, um, who never really felt any anything more than inconvenience during the whole depression. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I just see my grandfather just trying to explain to him how lucky you are. And he's like, what do you mean I'm lucky? I don't have this and I don't have that. And, I have that. and my life sucks. And then and then you get the, in my day we did, and it's a real yeah. joke, yeah. Uphill yeah. both ways in the snow, ate dirt and was thankful for it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you had dirt? <laughs> and, now the, yeah. And, and now I'm thinking of the four Yorkshiremen. You were lucky. You at a lake. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. whole skit. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's hilarious. You know, and so, and that's one of the things that this, I think is, is really funny to, when you do time travel adventures is to run into people who have no clue about what you're talking about. Because the, my players will just talk to each other in the presence of, of NPCs like they should understand what they're talking about. You know, and, and they're like, Ah, say yeah. <laughs> I can't even think of it right now, but I'm just saying is that we have this constant misunderstanding between people because they think that they're talking about this, and of course they're talking about something else entirely different. Oh no, it's something. So, it's something I bring up in the Sunday game, and I had to make Goth Bunny think about it here for a second. And she's a, I told you she's a history major, mm -hmm. um, bachelor from University of Toledo. If you were to go back in time, even 50 years, and speak current early 21st century English. If you were to tell somebody from the 1950s about the World Wide Web, 
they'd be freaking out thinking that spiders took over the planet. Because <laughs> I can believe no that. concept in the 50s, what, I mean, DARPAnet wasn't even around yet. Yeah. So you would have no, and you'd say. I didn't know what it was, in, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know anything about, I mean, the, what the World Wide Web would become. I knew what they wanted it to become. But I was still reading science fiction stories where they were happy to have a computer that could talk back to them. Yeah, I, I, I explained and I said, oh, in a hundred years? Oh, forget it. Probably about 75% of the things that come out of your mouth they wouldn't understand. Because these are terms that we take for granted. And I tell them, culture changes language, language changes culture. That's why, and this is a mini rant here, why nuclear was put into the Webster's Dictionary. Because one of the rules for a word being part, made part official part of the English language, as per Webster's, a word commonly used by a head of state, the younger President Bush, that is how we pronounce nuclear. 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 Therefore. It's two syllables. <laughs> therefore, the way he pronounced it is now officially part of And we have, of course, Sudoku, Bootylicious, World Wide Web, all of these terms and names have been made official dictionary terms, and it's because of the culture. And all the anacronyms, BFF, yeah. LOL. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I explain this to the players when, and I'll sit there and get into character of this, um, as I said, I ran the adventure, let's see, 1857, J.B. Dumont, the Scottish astronomer and physicist, he helped discover a couple planets. I think it was uh, Saturn and Uranus. He helped discover them, and he saw Pluto out there, but he wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. And he was also a physicist, and he did this experiment on telluric energy. Mm -hmm. This was the adventure that they had to go back and wonder, why is Earth scorched to the core? And we have the flares involved. So the flares came back, messed with the experiment, the telluric energy backfired, and yeah. So I'm sitting there playing as the GM, this 1860s Scottish physicist. I spared them the bad act. And just, they're talking normally. He's like, what are you talking about, Lass? What in the world is this? You know, and they're like, crap, we keep forgetting. We're not, it's not modern day. We're dealing with somebody here who, you know, they don't even know what a computer is. And they had to really... I had to really make them work to try to explain what was going on. I think you're possessed, Lass. I think I better yeah, call yeah, the yeah, abbot. Yeah, that type of... <laughs> no, like, no, I'm fine, really. Of course you're fine. We're all fine. But, yeah, I'll be I've, right back. I've had to explain <laughs> that to the players in this, in, the, in this campaign that you really have to watch how you come across because, yeah, you may have the costumes down. Again, the TARDIS has a wardrobe and all that. But... You're going to be walking around, as soon as you open your mouth, you're going to come across as just totally weird or deranged. And in some places, they're going to consider you a witch or whatever if you pull out something as, to you as common as a lighter. And of course, Perky God's husband Oz is playing the stoner. So yeah, if he sits there and lights a, you know, a hand-rolled cigarette, wink, wink, you know, they're going to be looking and going, what's that? And he's like, oh crap, I forgot to bring the matches. You know, so yeah, it, it's going back in the past... Yeah, you see these worlds that don't exist, but you have trouble interacting with them because if you have the modern mindset, you have to watch what you say and do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to be careful you don't leave something behind, you know, accidentally. Oh, no, that's what he did. That was that when they went back to 1860 Detroit. That's why the vampire got powerful. He mm -hmm. sold a modern day 44 caliber bullet to get some fine cannabis from 1860. Mm hmm. 
and it was a modern day bullet. I'm like, I'm looking at Oz, just looking at him going, okay, you do realize. And he goes, yeah, you do realize I'm trying to get high. You do realize you're leaving a bullet from 21st century Earth in 1860 Detroit. Right. You just sold modern smokeless powder to somebody, you know, and now all the, and if he can re-end, if he can basically figure out how to reproduce that powder, all the guns that he, he can get made will be twice as powerful. Yeah. Shoot twice as far. Twice as accurate, at least, well, when, well, and so forth. Well, they found out, they went back to 1860, and it was an unintentional jump. It was their first jump through time mm-hmm. because they didn't understand and just they flipped switches and failed the roll and ended up there. Yep. And so they realized, oh, my God, this Joshua Templeton now runs a good portion of the Great Lakes, including in Ontario. He's an international businessman, and he's been alive for 150 years. And we all just turned to Oz and look at him. And, and Oz just in there, What? <laughs> Because they went back and they didn't, it was their first experience at interacting with the culture and not knowing the ramifications of this time period and what could happen if you do things that you shouldn't, so. Right. Now, one thing that you have to decide when you do do time travel, uh, you have to decide, is there, in fact, a future? Uh, You know, is everything beyond this moment? Is it just, you know, a a temporal haze? They've possibilities but there is no in fact future nobody's coming from the future back to our time period we're at the tip of the of, of the iceberg the, the 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 point of the arrow of time if you don't believe there's a future then you could do some cool stuff like for example is let's say as, as i mentioned before your brother you know fell through the ice and 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 got and died all right you could go back in time, and when your brother falls through the ice and is going to die, you can fish him out uh, while everyone else is running off to get help and take him into the future, your future. They never they never find his body, but, yeah. you know, he's dead. Obviously, he never came home. And But now you have him in the future, and you don't have to worry about changing the timeline because he's, pick, he's basically you're picking up his life at the moment uh, of, of, the fu- of the future starts. And I can wow, see a lot he- of people... The movie Good. Millennium, yeah, where all the people with the plane crash and everything, yeah. Well, they were still coming back from the future. So they were trying to change the past so that their future would not happen. But I guess, you're, but I mean, your, your point's still valid. Yeah. There's are, there are, you know, I mean, there are movies and such where people are intentionally trying to destroy their own future because it sucks. As, as a matter of fact, that is that is one of the things that's in The, uh, the Travelers. Their, you know, their future... Has, has some big problems, and they'd like it to go away. Ah. So, you know, at one point they're like saying, we fully expect ourselves to disappear because we're, we think we're going to eradicate our own future, which means we never came back. There's going to be a temporal anomaly, and maybe this person whose body we're inhabiting will come back, you know, and live their life. But that's okay because if we save the world, we're, that's what we signed up for. But uh, it's... It, it does provide a lot of comfort to people if they say, you know, as long as I poach from the past something that is not going to be missed, then I can bring it to the future and I can have it. And no, and it, and it won't be a problem for anybody because it's it was already not going to be in the timeline. So you can go and bring up, bring forward dinosaurs. That is, that is Z's character in this game. Mm-hmm. He's playing a 50th century time thief, and we happened upon him. Had one of Christopher Columbus's maps. Now, Ned is not an important historical artifact. It's not like a sliver of the cross of Jesus or the Spear of Longinius or King Arthur's sword. Yes, 
Christopher Columbus had his maps to sail, but they are not like, oh my God. So he could take one and it really wouldn't be. And of course, you know, 50th century carbon data. Yeah, okay, it's it's legit. And so when he got involved in that whole, we brought him in, he basically slammed into a time wall because he hit that event where from that point on the earth possibly could have been burned. So needless to say, he was stuck with us. And so we're looking and we check it out. Yes, this is a map from 1492 from Christopher Columbus. It was made with the paper and the ink of the time. And yeah, it's legitimate. And he's like, well, of course it is. I hope it is. I'm supposed to be getting good money for it. you know." And so getting going back in time and gathering lost artifacts like that, you can take something from a time and just for its age, but as long as it's not something that's going to be totally screwing up the timeline, you can get away with it. Take minor objects from the past. Things like a map of Christopher Columbus. He probably had several. If you take one, fine. Eh. Or, let's see, what something else is an example. Yeah, Le- all what those... are Leonardo da Vinci's paintbrushes? Sure. You or know. even some of his paintings. I'm sure some of them didn't survive to the modern day. Right. So, I mean, anything that is considered lost or destroyed, you know, you could take it, even replace it with a replica and bring it into the future. And then you'd have the original in perfect condition and put it into a museum or all those other things. You know, any of the huge amount of volumes that were in the uh, Library of Alexandria Alexandria, before it was burned, you know. I'm sure there was lots of stuff that burned in the Chicago fire and the San Francisco fire that, you know, could be brought to the future because of that. So, you know, there's, uh, you, I mean, you could have a whole bunch of missions having to do with certain MacGuffins. Well, here's uh, the thing, then. This kind of puts a kibosh on your thing about not liking to be at an exact place and exact times because you would have to have enough time to be back in time to plan Know when the event, know when the event happened. Make your escape plan to get in there, get whatever it is you're getting before the big disaster happens, and get out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you would need that exact temporal geography in order to be okay. We need to be at this time in order to be here with plenty of prep time to go in, get the 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 book or whatever, and then the Chicago fire hits, you know, Mrs. Right. O'Leary, you'd Mrs. have to give yourself lots cow. and lots of leeway. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Mrs. O'Leary's cow knocks over the lantern and boom, there goes Chi town. Um, right. So and yeah, then, it, that would kind of throw off your, oh, I don't like, you know, having that exact. No, for something like that, you need to, because that is a caper. You need to plan things out in the last detail in order to pull off heisting something from history. Right. right. But if it was, for example, uh, a statue that was outside of somebody's, uh, home in uh, uh, the one of the uh, Roman senators, you, you know, it might have been there for 20 years. So you might be able to come back sometime, you know, in that period and snatch it up and replace it with uh, fiberglass or, you know, something like that and, and take the real one into the future and leave the other one in the past. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, your, your, your point is valid. And, and uh, if you want to do, and, and if you want to do capers, like I said, you want to, do, uh, as you said, if you want to do capers, you're going to want to have a lot of control. So, yeah, it's, uh, I would say that that would be something that you'd probably want a little bit more control of your time travel to do that. And and then, of course, if you do have that kind of control of your time travel, then you get to do fun stuff like doing time travel within the mission. 
you know, where you, you know, you, you get to a certain point and it's like, okay, we have to wait five hours. Bing, okay, it's five hours. Let's go. Keep, you know, keep moving. You know, let, let, let the, the patrol's about to come to the corner, you know, one minute from now. Bing, okay, hopefully they're fast. <laughs> not, if they're not, oh, okay. Bing again. Just don't cross the streams. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was telling that the entire mission, I said, look, he says the one thing that you know the bureau says the one thing we've learned about time travel is don't change your own history. That's always bad because then you end up with the infamous grandfather paradox. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Time cop. Stop yeah. So from making an important change at a POD point of departure. Ah. So that's you know I mean a lot a, a lot of missions could be time cop type missions where you say if you're up if you're fighting the uh, the time the time police or you know uh, are are you are, are they a unified group or do they have factions within themselves does a time police officer show up and say hey I need some help I'm from the future I'm trying to save you know I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to save your present come on let's go. <laughs> You end up going on one of these like you know weirdo junkets, you know, through time and space. You know, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. It could happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, but I mean, time cops are one way of of making sure that the timeline remains stable because they're actually there trying to keep it that way. There's a future they're trying to maintain. And uh, if you've ever read Poole Anderson's Time Patrol series, you find out about halfway through that. The future, uh, the, the the people he's working for, the the really really far far in the future humans slash aliens or whatever that establish the time patrol, they exist because somebody basically because somebody made sure that history did not unfold in a natural fashion. They got there was a point of departure where if some if certain people weren't stopped from doing something, then the entire future would have changed, and it oh, should. So Okay, a point of departure for you is what I call a nexus point. Got yes, okay. yes, it is. I'm sorry, I didn't. I thought you understood. Yeah. So, and after your case, is that he, you know, he, he's like, okay, I, I get it. You know, I. He says, I don't like it, but I get it. And he proceeds to go and, well, basically, he basically uh, kills everybody uh, who's involved. You know, he's like, okay, these people shouldn't be here, and they shouldn't be doing what they're doing because if they do, then. The future is not going to be what these people think it should be, and I got to believe that I'm working for the good guys. So I guess these people got to die, and he proceeds to mow them down because it's all for the good. But you know, it's, it's a lot of sleepless nights after yeah, that. Yeah, you got to realize that in order for history to occur, certain things may have happened. You know. But, you know, got to break a few eggs type thing. Either yeah. Keeler has to walk across that road. Oh, oh, there was a, and I saw this last year, it was an independent film at Bay City, Michigan, has Hell's Half Mile, and it's an indie film and music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, girlfriend and I went and saw this movie called Future. And it's right. this guy coming back with these two big guys in jumpsuits and plastic white featureless masks on. And they're basically getting this guy to I'm trying to remember how they exactly did it. Kill a man in the present. So, because they said, well, if you kill him, the guy who we know is a serial killer will be raised by a stepdad. He'll be kind. He'll be nice to the boy. And the boy will not end up mass murdering people. Mm-hmm. And 
this guy, I mean, he's a slacker and he's in a loveless relationship and a crappy job and he's getting, he's a barista and, you know, I'm not saying being a barista is a crappy job for, you know, but it just, he is unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the guy who he's sent to kill is the guy at the beginning of the film ripping him a new one. Oh, you're a waste. What do you screw up a simple coffee order? In the end, he ends up popping this guy and then taking himself out. And at the end, the guy that came back in time just sits there in the back of the car with the two maskless guy, the two mask guys driving, and just screams. And you realize the time traveler was the baby. And just so it was a really weird movie. I just sit there and I'm explaining it to Miranda. I'm just like, okay, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah. I got it. And I'm like, looking at her like, I figured this out. It, it's great. She was just kind of like, eh. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I had the same problem with uh, the fifth, uh, not the fifth element, the um, uh, the sixth, sixth sense. Yeah. Uh, because I was like the, the one of those people who didn't figure it out. So at the end, when suddenly it's revealed, I'm like, oh, man, why didn't I see this? You know, and everyone else is like, I don't know. I saw it 15 minutes into the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been bored here. I kept wanting to leave, but you were having such a good time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's okay. You know, it's, uh, yeah, so this is, I drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they, they, and they did this, and, you know, and that happens. You know, it, uh, one of the, uh, one of the independent films I saw which, where they really did that was, uh, is this guy and this girl, and they're they're about to kiss each other, and suddenly there's a poof, and this guy appears, and he says, "Hey, I'm you know I I'm you from a, uh from three weeks from now." He says, "Don't get involved with this girl. She's a bitch, and she's gonna tear <laughs> tear your life out, and all this stuff like that, you know." And um and and he's like, "Oh, okay." Well, gee, I guess we shouldn't, you know, kiss. He says, yeah, I just, you know, flicked you right, flicked right, you know. This is a big deal for me. I, I'll go on with my life. It's not sort of thing. And then, poof, no, 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 don't listen to him. <laughs> he says, if you guys get together, then you're going to have a beautiful baby, and I'm that baby. <laughs> and he goes on and on and on oh, and on <laughs> for like 15 minutes, one after another after another, future versions of the family and her and him and stuff. And finally at the end, she just she looks at him, she says, I'm out. <laughs> she walks out the door. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> well, it's because uh, everybody from the future is bugging him at that moment. She's like. Yeah, it's, but it's also like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, but I, I you cannot put. You know, I'm 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 twenty something. You know, I'm just out to have a good time. I was hoping to get laid. You know, yeah. and you're putting the future of this entire family on me. You know, I'm out. I'm I'm sorry. You know, and they all you know, and and, and they all go. Poof, 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 poof. Well, yeah, as all you the know? various instances and possibilities are negated, yeah, they're all going to yeah. disappear. Right, and then and then finally at the end, just a final. Poof, and it shows a really old version of him. And he looks at him and he just puts the thumbs up to him and disappears. <laughs> Jeez. He says, it'll be okay. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was, you know, on, on one hand it was really annoying because yes, they kept in, in contradicting each other. I think at one point they started shooting at each other. Oh, I can't geez. remember. I mean, it, it got crazy, you know? So yeah, if you, and that's a problem with time travel is if you start stepping on your own timeline, then that's, the weird, crazy stuff that starts happening, 
you know, which, I mean, it's fun if you have a, if, if, if you're doing a comedy, then of course, yeah, do it, do it. Okay, but if you're not, then it's probably something that you should say, at least it's not, a, it's not something you should want to do because then, you know, there's going to be ramifications. As you said, you know, all the, you know, the, the dual, the dual memories and everything else that might happen, oh, you know. What was something else? It was a syndicated TV show in the 90s, Time, time Tracks. Oh, yeah, Time Tracks. He was a future cop going back in time to modern day because a bunch of criminals escaped. And so into the past. And they were, and and they were using their back. future knowledge to make themselves rich. Yeah. Yeah. That was and he was sending right. them back to the future. Yeah, yeah I remember. <clears throat> Dale, Dale Mitkiff yes, played the lead. Yes. That was a pretty good show. I mean, it was kind of B, you know, but at the same time, it wasn't bad. It was as good as Knight Rider. I did. I like Knight Rider. I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. dissing Knight Rider here. But so. let's see what. Else? And of course, Time Cop with Jean Claude Van Damme. You know, and the TV series. Oh yeah, that's right. That didn't include Van Damme, right? Right. So my favorite, of course, has always been the original. Um, on television, and that was Time Tunnel. Yeah, and they a little got, bit they, before my time. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can buy it. You can buy oh, yeah, an entire yeah, season, just... and they're good. I mean, because yes, yeah, it was you going from one important moment to another important moment. You know, the Battle of Agincourt, and um, you know, there, you know, the Titanic. They did the Titanic and all these things like that. You know, they did the the uh, um, uh, they arrive at in Honolulu right before Pearl Harbor. You know, and the and all of the uh, uh, and, and there are there are Japanese agents there that are trying to kill them because they start talking about about what's going to happen and they get overheard. They just they know our entire plan. We got to get rid of these guys. <laughs> so you know, fortunately, they shifted into the future. Uh, it's uh, had Major Barrett as as one of the uh, ah. top scientists on this thing. So it's one of the reasons it's a good show. You know, this is funny watching it because, like, so many people were on so many other genre shows at the time, and even up into you know into the future, into the the more present type stuff as well. So you know, uh, the guy that was the the lead on um, the, the the general on uh, Stargate, um, he was also in that, and I think it's one as the as the project leader. So I mean, just all this stuff, you know. So, but anyways, that I, I love that show. As a kid, I was just like, oh yeah, I want to go back in time, and I want to be able to do all these things like that. And of course, totally not getting the point that every place they go, they get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the, and you know, and and that's the thing. Everyone thinks about time travel. They always think about the good stuff, you know. And, and I don't want to get into all the bad things about time travel because we talked about that, where you know you go back in time and none of the food is what you're used to. Uh, uh, all all uh, there's all these diseases that they don't have any cures for right at the time. Yeah. You, know? you know, people don't you know have different customs. Some of them don't bathe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it can be it can be really uh, and some of them use really questionable uh, um, uh, healing methods like um, man- manure co- uh, compresses on any wound that you might have. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> so oh, no, some... I remember the what's the other one? Voyagers with John okay. Eric Hexam and uh, Mino Pellucci with the Omni, and they go back in time for Robin Hood. And... Okay. Jeffrey Jones is trying to explain to Friar Tuck and Little John, Robin got shot with an arrow. And, you know, the light was red because Robin Hood was dying. So here's Jeffrey using modern first aid. Well, yeah, he's going to die. Why? 
well, there's this thing called bacteria. We got to clean the wound or others. And no, he's got, he's got bad humors. We need to bleed him. Yeah, and he's trying to explain. <laughs> no, warm broth. Let me clean the wound. Give me this alcohol. Let me pour it. What are you doing with our wine? It, the alcohol cleans the wound. Okay. And Robin got her up and around, and you know was able to save the day. But it was because Jeffrey was using modern day techniques, and they're like, okay, cleansing and being clean. What? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I don't. You know I mean, how much I, I spent on that wine. Yeah. Yeah. A waste of good wine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, you can get drunk another time. Your boss can join you because he'll be alive thanks to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just, the the stopping someone from making an important change at a nexus point or a point of POD, point of what? Departure. Point of departure. Yeah. It, that That's the term John used, by the way. Okay. But, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, he, uh, yeah, and, and, and when he first started talking about pods, I was like, Wait a second. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm thinking science fiction and, you know, open the open the pod bay door. And, or or and he's talking body snatchers with finding, and, looking Exactly. For and yeah. he's talking about time travel. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, alt- alternate histories, you know, where it goes one way or Oh, another. no. All I right. know he's into that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, we haven't really talked about, you know, going into the future. Yeah. You know, because uh, if the future does exist, then... There's a lot of, you know, you could do a lot of mining in the future uh, of, of stuff, you know, some things that you won't, uh, will be harder is because, like, you know, right now we're running into situations where, you know, chromium is not that easy to get because, you know, it, uh, the best deposits have already been played out. And, and, but there are other things that, because of advanced techniques, they might be able to mine better than they could. Because there was a time, for example, when aluminum, was like was more valuable than gold because it took a very costly chemical process in order to uh, separate a p- pure aluminum. But then they figured out how to do it through electrolysis, and now it's 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 the cheapest metal we have. So you can imagine in the future there will be all kinds of you know, space age and and super materials or materials that are really rare. And I gave a, an example like iridium. Iridium is super expensive and rare, um, and it's used. Um, on uh, like things that satellites and such because it's a protectant against uh, cosmic rays and things yeah. like that and, uh, and 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 it's also used like uh, um, sometimes in phones and various things but it's really a rare material well you know it's not it may, it may be that there's like huge deposits of it available like in space I mean, maybe there's a whole asteroids of iridium out there. We just haven't found them yet. But, you know, 100, 200, 300 years in the future, where they've had some space travel, they might actually have lots and lots of this stuff. If there was some way of, of, of mining, let's say, um, I'm, I'm told that Neptune, it uh, it rains diamonds. Oh, yeah, we get there, yeah, forget it. Done. <laughs> well, you know, of course, we already know that uh, that the price of diamonds is totally artificially created, anyways. You know, here on Earth, it's it's that it's it's really a you know a, a syndicate thing. You know, yeah. but uh, but I mean, there are other things that might you know be hard to find, or they, they only appear under great pressure. And but you go to some place like one of the outer planets where things have been cooking for millions of years, and literally, you know, you've got piles of diamonds just sitting out on the surface or i mean just things that are hard to get your hands well, on yeah, might be when, really with easy. the laws of economics i mean i'm no economist in any way shape or form but i know if you have a massive supply price is going to go down yeah see i i it's it always seemed to me that 
because of the way this the social system was supposed to be formed, that things that are heavier, they sort of collected a lot here on Earth. This was like the good spot for some of it to collect as you go further out. They figured that there would be less and less of it till you finally get out to, like, say, Neptune and the, and the latter planets. All you have is just rock, and, and you, you might have things like, you know, methane, is, but really small, light elements, but not the really heavy ones. And I was always wondering, is mercury literally, like, just got huge deposits of mercury and heavy metals and, you know, gold and things like that because the sun just couldn't push it that much for that far away from itself, you know, when it was, you know, developing and such. Actually, our sun couldn't have produced most of these, these materials I'm talking about. It's too young. It, it had to come from outside of our solar system. But anyways, it still would have been flowing around the, the sun and such, and solar wind wouldn't have pushed it further and further out like it did a lot of the hydrogen that's on the outer planets. So going in toward the, uh, the inner planets, even though it's hotter, might end up being a way of finding really, really rich deposits. It's just, you know, we, we'd ha- uh, unfortunately there aren't, a, um, there aren't a lot of moons as you go further in. Yeah. So, so you have to land on the planets. And Mercury is probably the might be the best choice because uh, it actually rotates. So it's not the situation where it's freezing cold on one side and boiling hot on the other. That you you actually it's it's cold, but it's not as impossibly cold as they originally thought. They thought it was the backside of Mercury was the coldest place in the uh, solar system. Uh, they now know that there's probably places on the Moon that's the coldest place in the solar system outside of the laboratory. I mean, because you know we. We, we've already we've gotten further closer to absolute zero in the laboratory than we'll ever manage it in actual space. But there's places where there are holes in the moon where the sun has never gotten into it. So at the bottom of that, it is it is you know, literally really really cold. And we know that the center of the moon it's solid. It is it doesn't have any real heat there, so it's not getting any heat from geothermal. So the only light is getting only heat is getting is is basically from Sun, starlight, and uh, you know, and, and 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 that's pretty much it. So there's some really really cold locations on the moon, not that far away. Anyways, but I say if you go to the future, maybe all these a lot of these technological issues, you know, may have spawned all kinds of great wondrous things that you could bring back to your own past, and 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 if you're willing to destroy the future. You could, uh, you know, turn the present into a, um, a into a, a a wonderful place, a uh, utopia, theoretically. Yeah. So, and would you be, you know, and, and that's a that's a it would be a real temptation if somebody discovered time travel would be to harvest the, their own future to to make their present better and hopefully then create an even better future by doing that. I think my campaign did something like that too, because again, TARDIS has records all throughout the past and future. So they, yeah, we need to find a place that is in another part of the galaxy where we can find this particular thing. And they did that, and I said, okay, you're going to be searching. Remember, it's a big network, so thankfully the Time Lord is a tech geek, so she, you know, manages to find it. And I'm like, you're stealing from the future. You're not going to hurt anything. It's stealing from the past that will change, that has the repercussion. You steal from the future? No. And we're get, and I'm trying not to make it into an argument or let it get that way. Uh-huh. At, with, Oz was kind of, uh, about it. And I'm like, yeah, if you steal something from the future... You're not hurting 
your particular timeline. And anyone who you are messing with their past, it, it's kind of, you know, not your problem, really. I mean... They come back and try to stop you. If, yeah, if they have time travel. If, if, yeah. they, if they can. Well, you have time travel. Why wouldn't they have time travel? Well, again, it, it's a Doctor Who campaign. I mean, it, it it's, you know, TARDIS is oh. only... Well, I can't say... Yeah, every, everybody doesn't have a TARDIS. I get it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So if you're taking something from a planet 500 years in the future, yeah, there's a pretty good chance it's not going to affect your life. And so I had to explain that out. And finally, a few of them started realizing, okay, yeah. So that's when they came up with the plan to find, I think it was some precious metal on a world that they could use to buy something and for a caper here, you know, yeah. Right. So, uh, all right. Well, this brings me to my final story. Um, which involves you know uh, this kind of jumping over the place time travel, which was a, a adventure I ran in, um, in the year 2000 called the Savior, where this here it is you know January 1st you know the 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 dong is hit you know and all of a sudden there's this burst of light and there's this this glorious floating figure who's over Times Square and says, "Well, you were expecting me, weren't you?" and declares himself to be the savior, come to turn, bring the world into a new, you know, era of prosperity and everything else. And they, um, and the Bureau's like, it's, it's Bureau 13 Adventure. He says, oh, should we, uh, should we, should we try to stop it? Should we be on his side? What are we supposed to do here? You know, he's really blowing the whole supernatural thing out of the water because, you know, it's obvious when, you know, he's, and he doesn't claim to be Christ or anybody. He just says, "I'm the Savior." You know, uh, I, I, you know, the, that your stories were all about. You didn't get it all right, but it's okay. I'm here now, and everything's gonna be fine. Well, they eventually do figure out that he is, in fact, a bad person, and he's actually from like the, you know, the 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 thirtieth, three hundredth century in the future, and he is he is the one crazy person left on the planet because only a crazy person would go and make a time, take a uh, create a time machine and go back in time and destroy the very his own future yeah. so nobody nobody believed that he would do this and so he did so he goes back into the past and unfortunately he's already set up communication with Widwell and Coven uh, a bunch of really powerful witches yeah. to provide him with all kinds of protection when he appears in you know uh, in exchange for him giving them super great power and so by the time it, the Bureau understands what's going on, it's too late. He's too powerful. He's going to control the world. He's, he's going to win. There's no way of, of, of stopping him now. You know? So they said to themselves, well, if we can't stop him now, when can we stop him? And they said, well, the only time that we can stop him is when he first arrived, before the windwill of COVID gave him all these protections. I mean, he no doubt had some protections of his own, but, I mean, with the amount that we could bring the bear on him, you know, he's he he. he there was our moment of opportunity. We couldn't do it before then because he wasn't there. So that, and they said, "Well, okay, so we're going to have to do some time traveling." And they said, and they decided. They said, "We have to find somebody who is completely impervious to harm because he has this death field around him that'll kill anybody who tries to hurt him." And they and they they, they did their research and they said, "Well, there's this mythological figure." in the past that supposedly was killed and but otherwise was not supposed to be able to be killed except by divine means and if we can get that person to help us we can bring them forward in time and take this guy out 
and so they have to do this whole time travel thing and 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 negotiate and and, and get this person on their side at least enough to stop this person and it's all as you say it's a whole big caper thing you know and then they finally you know one two three four five they have to like appear and as Susie appears these like you know they had it all laid out all the steps they had to do in order to you know get to him and attack him before anybody had a chance to cast more than like one or two spells so because uh, they they were, they were going to cast all kinds of they were going to use all kinds of weaponry on him. But they figure some of them he'd be protected against, but he couldn't be protected against everything because the Windwall of COVID didn't have time to cast all those protections. So and they so they had to do it. They, they they had to do all that stuff. They had to do time travel. They had to do negotiations. They had to figure out you know how to convince somebody from the far distant past to help them in the future. As as you say, that's going to be a really hard sell. And then once they got into the future, you know after we got rid of the guy you know, have to get everything perfect. And then after getting rid of the guy, did we now just unleash something even worse on our world? Because now we have somebody who can't be killed. And it turned out, it, it turned out it was okay. <laughs> Is the, they, they didn't want, they didn't want to control the world, the person that they brought to the future, you know, and they're like, just, this is what I just leave me alone. There's some stuff I want to do. Don't get in my way. It will be fine. And I said, okay, well just, don't push it. He says, remember, we got rid of the other guy. We probably can get rid of you, too. We have to. He says, well, you can try. Oh, God, I realized something about time travel. And, and, and sadly, well, let's see. Going in, Well, it involves going in the past, but it's more seeing a world that doesn't exist. The mm -hmm. comic book character Booster Gold. Yeah. Michael John Carter, a 25th century football player, yeah. gets caught cheating and gambling career shot gets stuck right. as a janitor at a museum and finds the time machine of rip hunter those of you who know rip hunter in dc's legends of tomorrow arthur Garvel right. plays him anyways yes he finds a time machine and some other artifacts from the future including a legion of superheroes flight ring and a bodysuit and all this goes to steal the time machine and a little security robot called skeets follows him along gets a, i mean they're trying and he ends up going back to the 20th century and decides well i can't be famous as a football player wait a minute, i got all this stuff here in the 20th century i'm a superhero so he's got the 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 super suit and blaster bracers and the flight ring and right. as a so he goes he's, back he's a mechanic he, he's 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 a he, he has he has gadgets he's yeah. a gadget superhero but right. he does that and that's how he he sees this world of the 20th century because in dc a lot of historical stuff was lost between modern day and when the legion of superheroes exists in the 30th century within uh -huh. that thousand years there's been information lost you know world war three or whatever sure lots of stuff so he's there and it kind of uh yeah it would be along the lines of your point b traveling back to the far past a thousand years and yeah seeing a world no longer exists because the only there's scant history on the 20 21st century and here he is he's making money because yeah i'm booster gold you know if you're a patron i i mean i won't take a reward but it could be a patron to help me fund my crime finding activities you know mm, yeah and of course him put on a, put up a patreon account you can do that now yeah, right. But him and Blue Beal, of course, keep trying to make money and they keep failing. You know, they do the island resort and the island is sentient. It moves on him and he'll say it ruins the resort. 
and just yeah he he keeps messing up with all these ideas in order to make money and mm -hmm. just, yeah so it's a comedy it's you know oh, it's, no, it's, he's a, definitely a comic character i mean he had his rough points his sister right. came back in time as gold star she ended up getting killed but yeah but, i mean yeah, I, but still i i forgot all about that yeah. with time traveling to the far past and seeing worlds that are long gone I can't yeah. believe I just now remember Booster Gold. Anyways. Yeah, Lex Luthor was a was a comedic character when he was first introduced in Superboy. Yeah. Because he was the guy the, who was who was super smart, but he never thought things all the way through. And, and and no matter what he did, something bad would happen, and Superboy would have to have to come in and rescue him, and you know, would rescue everybody. But mostly, the worst was he was rescuing him, Lex Luthor, which he absolutely hated because he knew he was smarter and better than Superboy, and everybody should be recognizing that. Why won't yeah. they realize that? So, and, uh, which is of course the background for why he he uh, he becomes Superman's you know uh, dark darkest enemy. Yeah. So. Anyways, all right. Well, I think we pretty much covered it, and uh, I hope that. And I want to thank you, Trav, for all your great um, stories and such. Uh, and I think that uh, we made the point that uh, time travel adventures, no matter what your game, can be a lot of fun, and can be used to really spice up what might be an otherwise completely different campaign that you might be doing. You can drop a time travel adventure literally into any genre anything that you might want to do as long as you know you don't let it like break your world and yeah it's and i personally like the ones where they literally end up jaunting over multiple time periods not 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 as a really fast thing where they're like okay we got to go here you know for 15 minutes and then go over there for another 20 and go over there i like it to be a little bit longer where they end up going on an odyssey, I guess would probably be the better yeah, term. And then yeah. they finally end up back to the present, hopefully with having solved whatever the reason was that they went into the past, and then being able to then carry on with the campaign, you know, as they had been doing before. Which, where I am currently in, in my Zero Thirteen game, where they finally came back to the original mission, uh, where they were supposed to be stop, stopping these guys that were robbing banks by becoming immaterial, and they're now trying to actually solve it, uh, solve, solve the crime. And I kept saying, now, you got to let the crime happen, guys, because that's part of your past. Yeah. You don't want to change your own past because that way lies madness. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, but what can we do? And then they're, they're, they're rubbing their heads and they, well, can we put, like, micro cameras you know, to, to record it a little better or, or maybe, you know, get some more information that we weren't able to get before because the cameras were on the wrong angle with the banks and stuff. I said, yes, yes, that sounds like a great idea. Why don't you do that? And they're all like, oh, okay, okay. So um, they're, they're beginning to, to just, you know, uh, clue into uh, the possibilities since they have about four months before the actual crime takes place. You know, because some of them are like saying, well, you know, why, why don't we you know, like just go and figure out who these guys are before they actually commit the crime in the first place and then and then just stop them. And then that would be a good thing. Right. This is a good thing. You went on that mission. All the things that happened happened because you, they robbed that bank and you went back in time and all these other things happened. Do you really want to disrupt your own timeline like that? And they're all like, oh, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. So they, 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 have to, they literally have to stand there and watch it unfold. But at the same time, they can use that opportunity to do some other things that, that you know, to prepare 
for the to, to continue the mission in a better in, 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 under better conditions under under better resources than and they had started, before. Yeah, this whole thing of pre-crime is starting to smack of um two series. Well, a movie that turned into series and another series, Minority Report. Uh huh. The Tom Cruise movie, and then a couple years ago it was a, for a season on Fox, and person of interest on C it was on CBS from 2011 to 2016 yes on Netflix now I'm yeah. watching and it's pre-crime figuring out crimes before they happen due to planning and whatnot except for person of interest it's due to an AI right and then there was true calling where she sees somebody who died and she and, and she has to go and she goes back like a day earlier she sees it as a vision yeah. and then she has 24 hours to save that person and keep them from dying. So yeah, there's there's a bunch of shows that, that kind of follow that idea, and that's where they are right now. They know it's going to happen. They you know, and and they have some information, but they've got to make sure you know. So they're they're trying to get their ducks in a row so that when it does happen, they can then pounce on these guys. I mean, literally, when these guys leave the bank, they could theoretically gr- jump them right there, and 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 you know, of course, they're going to be immaterial. So the question is, are you going to be able to capture them or not? That's that's the uh, that's the challenge that's up for them right now. Is it having knowing all this? Are you going to be able to be any more effective than you were before? I'm hoping they prove that to be true that they can be. So, anyways, thanks everyone for listening to us. Uh, we hope you'll add time traveling to your current campaign. We we'd love to, for you guys to tell us about uh, all the different time traveling adventures that you've put your players through or experience at the hands of your sadistic GM. I mean, I mean, you're, you're creative and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and very solicitous GM. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, let us know on our various things like, uh, the, uh, uh, gaming on the frontier, uh, group on uh, Facebook and, uh, all the other, um, and of course the podcast and, uh, any other place that we have it currently, since we've done the restructuring, do we only have those two? Or is there... Yeah, I think it's just the Podbean site and the Facebook group. Isn't there fans of Gaming on the Frontier? Yeah, that's the Facebook group, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The other one's the one, the private one that we talk on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so those two. So yeah, go to either of those and let us know. And we'd love... And of course, please, anytime that you go anywhere near iTunes or any of those other places where your, you know, your podcatcher is... Please leave us a great review because, you know, we're trying to give you the best ideas we can come up with so you can have a really great time in your game. So, you know, know, share the love. Oh, yeah. So we'll have more for you next week. But until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.